Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household are doing well and you're blessed. Praise God. We are talking about the blood covenant and this is where we are at. And in fact, this is lesson number 44. I, when I started this, I thought, oh, maybe uh, it will be 15, 20 lessons. But what I do is I every day I study the scriptures and uh, go through it and prepare my notes and then I get up and try to teach you. And so it has really, I used to te teach this at Bible college and but that was like 37 years ago. I taught at the biggest Bible college in Europe, the Word of Life. It was the biggest Bible college at that time. I don't know if it's that today, but we had about a thousand students. So I used to teach this subject there. And so I couldn't use those notes because they, they're past, you know, uh, and 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 uh, uh, but now you know I see more things in the scriptures than I did then. So this has actually become longer than it used to at that time. But anyway, uh, uh, one of the things is, is that you know we are talking about the blessings of the new covenant, and in the old covenant, one of the names of God was Yahweh Shalom. I'm the Lord your peace. And in the new covenant, Jesus Christ is our peace. So we're going to talk about Jesus Christ being our peace. And first of all, uh, I want to tell you, because when I was talking about the old covenant, uh, I, I mentioned to you that uh, that God's name, one of the names of God, one of these, his Yahweh names, which is one of his covenant names, was Yahweh Shalom, I'm the Lord your peace. And the word Shalom means uh, not just peace as we think of it, but it means peace, but it also means uh, harmony and balance and and uh, um, how do you say, uh, healing for the body, wholeness for the soul and the mind. It also means prosperity. It means really wholeness for the whole man. That's what peace means. So praise God for that. When, so that, 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 that the Bible concept of peace is a greater thing than the world's concept of peace because in the world, peace means the absence of war. When people talk about peace, they talk about the absence of war. But in the Bible, yes, it does mean the absence of war. It means that too, but it also means peace within the heart, peace within yourself, peace with your fellow man, peace with God. It means tranquility. It means prosperity. It means blessing. It means uh, healing and health and peace of mind. A lot of wonderful things. It means wholeness and balance. Anyway, now, in the Greek, because the New Testament was written in Greek, uh, the New Testament word for peace, peace is Irene. Irene? Now, Irene, we know that in the English, the Anglicized version of it is the name Irene. Uh, Irene means peace, but it's actually the Greek word Irene. And uh, in, in, in German, the, the, you know, the, name, the word Irene is Irene. Uh, you know, Irene is a... Um, is a lady's name in, in Germany and in Austria, in German-speaking countries. In Swedish, you will hear the name Irene. And uh, it's all, uh, you know, different uh, uh, versions of the name Irene. And that means peace. That's the biblical, uh, the Greek word for peace, Irene. So now, Irene is the, 
is the you you can you may say that it's the corresponding Greek word, the Greek word that corresponds to the Hebrew word shalom, and it means approximately the same thing. Uh, Irene means the total well-being and everything that makes for a man's highest good. So your total well-being, just think of it, your total well-being, spirit, soul, and body, and that includes everything that is for your highest good and your well-being in in you know in the total man spirit soul body that's what it means so uh, that's what the word irene means total well-being peace peace with yourself and it means security it means safety it means prosperity and it mean it means it also means exemption from havoc destruction and war it also means harmonious relationship uh, uh, with the with God and with people and even harmonious relationship between nations like the Palestinians and Israel, you know, and uh, the Jews and the Arabs and you, you, wherever in the world you look, there's a uh, India and Pakistan, you know, there's conflicts that are going on throughout the world. So it's, uh, Irene means peace, okay? So it's peace within and, and, and well-being for your entire spirit, soul and body and also the other concepts of peace as we understand them. Uh, and this piece has to do with personal relationships, a man's relationship to himself, to his fellow man, and with God. So, <clears throat> and I'm reading this. So when Paul says, you remember Paul says many times, grace and peace be unto you. Uh, and says, so when Paul prays for grace and peace on people, he's praying. He's, what he means is that, you know, sometimes we have it as a cliche. Oh, peace be upon you. Oh, grace upon you. Uh, it's a greeting at the end of the end of a letter. Your sincerely grace and peace upon you. And in Sweden, when you enter a Pentecostal church, say 30 years ago, there will always be an elder at the door. He would say freed brother or freed sister, which means peace brother, peace sister. It's just a word. It's just an expression. Instead of outside in the world, they would say hello. In Swedish, they say peace, you know. But... It has a much deeper meaning when you think of when Paul says grace and peace. It wasn't just a, a cliche that he used when he prays for grace and peace. He's praying that they should have the joy knowing God as their father and the, they should have the peace of being reconciled to God and to men and to themselves. And that grace and peace that he's wishing them can only come through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I'm going to begin by reading to you uh, a scripture from the Old Testament because, you know, uh, when we are talking about the blessings of the New Covenant, I have used New Testament verses, maybe a couple of Old Testament verses. And this one I'm using uh, because this actually refers to Jesus. So uh, the only time I'll use an Old Testament scripture in talking about New Covenant blessings is when they actually refer directly to some somebody or something in the new covenant. And so this is Isaiah 9, 6, and it refers directly to Jesus. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince of Peace. So it says, so unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. He's talking about Jesus. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Government here means rule, the rule, the kingship, the authority shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. So when the birth of Jesus was prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before Christ, he proclaimed Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace. Right at the beginning, Jesus was proclaimed as the Prince of Peace. And right at the beginning, even at his birth, when Jesus is referred to, uh, long before he was referred to as a healer, as the caster of demons, or as the Lion of Judah, and all that, he was referred to as the Prince of Peace, and about peace. Peace was the first thing about Jesus that we see in the Bible. Just remember that. So that's how peace comes very high up on the totem pole, as to say. Because in Luke 1, 78 to 79, uh, it says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, wherefore the day spring from on high, or it says, it actually means sunrise, shall visit us from on high. That means Jesus came as a sunrise into a dark world. The world was dark, but God sent Jesus and Jesus came as a sunrise. He says, and where, whereby the sunrise, the one who brings light into this world, he said, because of the tender mercy of our God, the one who rises as the sun, who brings light into this dark world shall visit us on high. And this is what he will do. In verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. It's interesting. Jesus came to bring light into a world full of darkness. He came to bring light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. Why? To guide their feet into the way of peace. In other words, the way of peace is the way of life. The way of peace is the way of God. The way of peace is the way of Jesus. So now I want to, I want to pause here and talk to you a little bit about this peace, about the peace of God, about the whole concept of peace uh, that Jesus came to give us on a personal level, well-being, peace within ourselves, peace with our fellow human beings, uh, firstly, of course, peace with God, peace with God, which is the most important kind of peace. And uh, because I remember when I when I got born again, I was not I didn't have peace with God. Uh, God, as far as I was concerned, God was against me. He was like he hated me. You know, that's what I believe. God didn't care for me. Uh, I was lost and I was miserable and it was God's fault. Not that he did anything to me, but he allowed things to happen to me. So I was, I lived in sin and, and, and I believed there was a God, but he was, I was far from him and he was far from me and he didn't care about me and I didn't care about him. So, you know, I was, there was an, a kind of, how do you say, <laughs> an estranged relationship. Uh, 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 I never had a relationship with him, but, you know, there was a hostility uh, me towards God because I didn't, you know, th thought he cared about me. So I was sitting in darkness, so I didn't have peace with God. So when I met Jesus, the first thing that was established in my life was I suddenly realized that I had peace with God and God was for me. 
and God was not against me. And as I read the Bible, I began to understand uh, that Jesus, what it, what it meant that Jesus was the Prince of Peace. So let me, you know, about guiding our way in the way of peace. Now, I want to, you to understand where I'm coming from, what I experienced in life. And uh, one of the things was that uh, uh, when, when I say, I didn't have peace. I mean, I experienced a lot of bad things in my life, uh, terrible things uh, that happened to me. It was not my fault. From my childhood, I had to leave my home when I was 13. I think I explained that last time and uh, yesterday or day for yesterday. And, you know, I had to leave my home. I, I didn't, I lived in anticipation of bad things. But when I was, uh, uh, you know, 17, I saw war for the first time. I saw human conflict and I went to war and I saw terrible, terrible things. And uh, uh, seven, at the age of 17, at the age of 18, I was, a, I was you can say I was a combat veteran. Uh, I saw horrible things with my own eyes and, uh, and especially to visit casualties at a military hospital and see battlefield casualties and see all those men maimed and people uh, shell-shocked their minds. Uh, you know when an artillery shell explodes just a few yards away from you, it shakes your brain and leaves you mentally uh, handicapped for the rest of your life. I saw that and uh, and then in, in a combat zone I saw men die. I saw I saw well I don't want to go into that but I saw horrible things and 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 but the thing that I realized was that we value life but in a in a in a combat zone suddenly human life is devalued it means nothing we talk about body count we talk about body bags and and that's what we talk about suddenly uh, human life means nothing so uh, uh, I remember once a, a lady ran into me here in, in Lancaster, I was driving on uh, on a road and she just cut a red light and uh, a stop sign and she ran me from the side and my car spun around. I was not hurt, but you know, within five minutes, there were police cars, there was an ambulance and a fire truck there and they're all taking care of me. And I suddenly realized how much we value human life in in in, in this society, in this country. We value human life. I remember I was in Asia in a in a country there and I saw a dead body. Somebody had run over that dead body and was right in the middle of the road and trucks and cars were driving around it and nobody cared. And I said um, to the brother, I said, why don't you go to the police? They said, no, no, you don't go to the police. If you go to the police, the police will look for somebody to blame and they'll pin the blame on you. So you don't stop. So this woman was laying dead and we just, you know, and then I suddenly realized how much in Western society in Sweden where I lived and now in America, how we value human human life. Uh, whereas in those countries which are not based on Christian values, human life is devalued. But then, uh, then I realized that in wartime, uh, uh, you know, human life is also devalued. And, uh, uh, and, and, and uh, so anyway, so my combat experience, my war experience caused me to become a uh, from being one who would oh, believe in jihad and killing the enemy, I became like a pacifist because I abhorred, I hated war, I hated killing in the name of anything, in the name of self-defense, national nationality, whatever, I, I became a total pacifist. And then I remember uh, one of my teachers, Major Ian Thomas, uh, who is home with the Lord now, Major Ian Thomas, 
and he was he won the distinguished service order which was the second highest award for uh, bravery in the british army so i talked to him i said sir you went to war in the second world war how come you as a christian uh, went to war because i saw horrible things in war and he says he says i understand uh, brother i know war is a horrible thing but i went to war because when i heard that hitler was killing innocent jewish children and putting them into into the gas chamber i felt i had to do something and suddenly i realized one thing and then i realized that war is something uh, uh, that uh, maybe at times it has to be waged in but we should only enter into war only when we have exhausted everything and as a last resort as a totally uh, with extreme reluctance and as a last resort now th that's where i stood and that's where i still stand but uh, uh, i i still struggle with it you know uh, spiritual intellectual wrestling about these things and and and, l and let me just say this to you it's good to intellectually and spiritually wrestle with these things uh, uh, because if you are doing that uh, that tells me something about you that you are sincere about your faith and you really want to walk in the truth because here in america most people uh, their stance on different things is totally political it's is political you're either to the left or you're to the right and if you're a christian you got to believe what the right teaches no matter what the bible says but my stance is that if you're truly 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 a christian committed to jesus christ you cannot be totally to the right or to the left you stand with the truth but anyway let me just let me just say this to you now you see I live in America and I'm aware that the reason we have this country and we have the freedoms that are given to us uh, we have that we enjoy is because of brave men and women who took up arms for our freedoms and made sacrifices for that and we must honor their sacrifices we must honor the sacrifices made by the men and women who have fought for us and many of them you go to Arlington National Cemetery 2 hours away from here you see them buried thousands of them and we must honor we must remember their sacrifices yet at the same time you know you have this at one ex extent uh, on one extreme you have those people who made really made true sacrifices without their sacrifices we wouldn't have uh, the freedoms that you enjoy but yet on the other side you have people even in the church who who take violence almost in a you know they talk about uh, i do i really sometimes struggle with it because they 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 talk about violence in a very light manner in in a light fashion it's almost like it's a part of the christian life to be ready to shoot someone who you know who 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 comes against you to defend yourself and you you know you just take a life and 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 here's the thing Jesus we must never forget that Jesus is the prince of peace and although there are times we have to take up arms and resort to violence we should be leaning towards peace our that's where our lean should be our lean our leaning should be towards peace that is where what we should strive after that is what we should seek after because Jesus came to guide us into the pathways of peace and on when it comes to this side when it comes to war and violence yet it is there 
but it would be something that we are very reluctant about, right? We shouldn't be gung-ho and, 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 you know, eager for, oh, I've got my guns, ammo, anyone comes, I'm going to blast him. No, we shouldn't have that mentality. So, you know, I remember during the second Gulf War, uh, when, um, when they were talking about should we go to war, and, and, and I was against it. Uh, honestly, I was against it. Charisma magazine interviewed me. I was against it. And I gave my reasons for, I don't want to go into that now, but I was against it because uh, I hate bloodshed. I hate war. And I felt like we had not done enough for peace. We were, but what the thing that, that, uh, that uh, I was most dismayed about was the stance of the church and pastors in America. Because I felt this is the first time in history that I'm seeing churches and pastors gung-ho about going to war. They were excited and, and most of them thought it was almost like fulfilling biblical prophecy by going to war against Iraq. And I was, I was shocked by this attitude because it was more nationalistic than based on anything that the scripture taught. So uh, that's when I realized, you know, there's a balance here. There are times we have to go to war, but we should be leaning towards peace. And then in that horrible war, hundreds of thousands of innocent people died. But did I ever hear a word of remorse from all the pastors and the Christians who were so gung-ho about going to war? No, not even one word. And I've been waiting for over 20 years to hear that. But, you know, that shows something about the attitude of our hearts. So, uh, you know, it's like this. Look. I grew up with guns. I have guns at home. I like to hunt. I love to shoot. But it's so important that we have our attitude on the right, right place and that we lean towards peace and that we seek peace, peace within ourselves and, and, uh, and peace with God, peace with our fellow man. It's important that we lean towards that. Nowadays, when I, you know, I go on Facebook, especially with election season coming, I hear such harsh, ugly language. And uh, for, I mean, for, forget about the ungodly sinners because I don't even care what they say because sinners will talk like sinners. But when I see pastors and Christians speak the language of harshness and uh, vilifying their political opponents and all that, it, 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 it is scary. Believe me, it does not please God. So if we want to please God, we have to follow Jesus. And Jesus always walks on the way of peace. And this is what he says to us. He says to us, love your enemies. Do good to them that, that persecute you. Overcome evil with good. I, I have a, uh, you know, talking about turning the other cheek. I have a friend in, in North Carolina. He's a... He's a, he's a short guy. He's not like a big, heavy guy, just a short, regular guy. And he's, he's from Latin America. He's dark-skinned like me, even darker than me. He's grown up in America. So you can say he's American, but he's dark-skinned. And so he was sitting in a McDonald's, and this uh, redneck fellow gets up and begins to shout and, you know, racist things at him, shouting and cursing him out. Then he comes and hits this brother, punches him on the side of his face. Head. That's why he said my ears were ringing, my head was spinning and my ear popped and it went deaf. He hit me so hard. He said to me, he says, Brother Christopher, my ear went completely deaf. So I said, so what did you do? He said, I turned the other cheek. I said, why? He said, well, that's what Jesus said. Someone hits you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. So I turned the other cheek. He said, the man looked at me, he got disgusted and shouted at me and left. 
He says, so I was deaf in one ear. He says, soon afterwards, I was in a meeting and we were worshiping Jesus. And this guy is a worshiper. He said, when I was worshiping, suddenly the spirit of God came over me and my ear popped open and I have perfect hearing. Everything, uh, every symptom or anything I had was gone and my ear is now perfectly open. God opened my ear while I was worshiping him. And you know, I thought of that. I thought, what a wonderful testimony. You know, our greatest defense, our great, I'm not saying you shouldn't own a gun. What I'm telling you, that's your conviction. All I'm saying is that our greatest defense is not when we are holding a gun and pointing it at our adversary. Our greatest defense is when we stand before the Lord and we worship God and we speak the word of God. That is our greatest defense. Our greatest defense is not when we are standing eyeball to eyeball with someone who hates us, but our greatest defense is when we are on our knees. That is when we are strong. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in to him and we are saved. So I want you to remember that, uh, beloved, that Jesus came to guide us to the way of peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And again, as I said, uh, I've got friends who are veterans. I'm a combat veteran myself. And, 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 uh, and uh, I mean, I know men who paid a heavy price for freedom and we appreciate their freedom and we and we pray for them and we appreciate the price they paid and it was necessary sometimes people you know have to have to give their lives so that others can live so we appreciate the freedom and we honor our veterans and we should always honor our veterans and uh, 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 but here's the thing at the same time uh, the our life the flow of our life let's put it this way the flow of our life should be towards the way of peace to to follow jesus is the way of peace and bringing peace into this world that is fractured bringing peace the gospel of peace the bible says our feet should be shod with the gospel of peace bring the gospel is not a gospel of war it's not a gospel of aggression it's a gospel of peace bringing peace into this world that is so fractured with people hating each other people killing each other or people ready to kill each other and and I, I always, I tell you, I freak out when I hear Christians talk the language of violence and they, and, uh, you know, sometimes we go to kill for freedom. Listen, that's not the Bible. That's your nationalism. And if your being American is higher than your voice as a Christian, I tell you, you need to get before God and get that straightened out. I am a, I am uh, you know, I'm a citizen in this country. I love this country. And if this country calls me, I am ready to serve. But my allegiance, first of all, is to the cross, is to Jesus Christ and to his gospel. That is my passion. I want to be like Jesus. And he came to guide my feet towards the path of peace. So let us let us seek peace. OK, firstly, uh, you know, when people come on Facebook, especially during election time, and they get all aggressive and you're getting angry and you read their post and, yeah, you know, they're all worked up and angry. First of all, it tells me they don't have peace within themselves. They have issues in their own minds, in their own hearts. So this is what I want to do in this fractured world, in this terrible world where everybody from the president down to every politician on all sides, they're all insulting each other, calling each other names, using harsh language. I don't want to be part of that. I want to follow Jesus and follow him 
on the way of peace. So let us do that. First of all, let us put everything aside and seek to be like Jesus and seek his character. Uh, forget about preaching and healing the sick. Those things come later. But the first thing, our first calling is to be like Jesus. It says that our ministry is to behold the face of the Lord. And we and when we behold the face of the Lord, his glory touches us and we are transformed from glory to glory. That's where our transformation comes into seeking to be like Jesus. So let us seek to be like Jesus. And uh, when we seek to be like Jesus, we get peace within our own selves. So peace with ourselves and peace with our fellow man. And even if you don't agree with their views and they believe in abortion, they believe in a lot of abhorrent things, seek peace and walk in love, you know, because there's people out there who have abhorrent views, things that the Bible calls sin, but we seek the way of peace. We seek the way of love because Jesus told us, love those that hate you. Bless them that persecute you. Overcome evil with good. So we seek peace with God. We speak peace within ourselves and peace with our fellow man. And we pray for our country for peace. God, keep our country from going to war. And uh, let us have uh, peace within, you know, because that's what the gospel is all about. Wherever the gospel goes, it brings peace. And uh, I remember a, a, a young man, a Christian young man, he was sent to Iraq, he was deployed and he came to see me. He said, Pastor, do you have any advice for me? I'm going to Iraq, I'm being deployed. I said, well, I have three, three pieces of advice. He said, because you're a combat veteran, you've been there, tell me. I said, three things. Firstly, be as close to Jesus as possible. Do that thing. Secondly, pray every day for yourself and to your mates, your buddies, your friends, pray every day and uh, that God keeps you and preserves you. And thirdly, ask God to protect you from ever shedding innocent blood. Because if you shed innocent blood, even if it was an accident, even if your, intent, if your intentions were good, it'll haunt you the rest of your life. Pray that the Lord protect you from shedding innocent blood. You know, he came back to me. He said, he says, Pastor, it was amazing. I did what you told me. I, I sought the Lord every day. I prayed every day. Asked God to, uh, you know, that I, Lord, let me just walk close to you. He said, I seriously took your advice. I prayed for my friends and me. And he says, I, and, and then he says, I asked the Lord to protect me from shedding innocent blood. He said, I never got into a situation where these things happen. The Lord has kept me. Hallelujah. So anyway, let me, I know some of you are mad at me for this, but it's okay. I'm not here to uh, make everybody happy. If I was here to make everybody happy, I'd be selling ice cream, not preaching the word. But this is what I'm preaching. I'm showing you scriptures, preaching the word. Let the chips fall where they may. May, where, where they may, but here it says, Jesus came to give light to us and to guide our feet into the way of peace. We live in a fallen world. There are demons, there are bad people, bad things happen. And sometimes we, our young men have to go out and fight and all those things, all those things I understand. But what I'm saying is that we should be leaning and falling towards the way of peace, seeking peace and seeking Jesus and seeking his face because the pathways of Jesus are the pathways of peace. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. May they walk in your pathways of peace.
peace. I ask you to bless them. Keep your hand upon them. Touch them, Father. Do your work in their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll be seeing you again tomorrow. Bless you.